0: I'd like to uh, welcome you to Kings. It's great to see you here today, and it's great to have the opportunity to share God's Word with you, and uh, uh, I'd particularly like to welcome any of you who are new to Kings. Uh, Maybe you've been visiting over the summer or the last few months, and uh, uh, it's great to be able to uh, greet you, and you join us this day, maybe it's your first Sunday with us, uh, what we call a Vision Sunday. We do this now about once a year where I would just share with the church what I feel God is saying to us, uh, some comment on the past church year and uh, I look forward to these days and I hope it's an encouragement to you and and also an encouragement to all of us because we really have been in a season of favour, we've seen God's favour on uh, the church. Today I have for you a scripture, something from the Word of God and also have a prophetic picture a prophetic picture which I believe uh, has helped uh, me and will help us in uh, hearing the whisper of God about where we are on our journey together. So first, let me read uh, the scripture to you. It's from 1 Thessalonians and chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 2 to 10. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continue to remember before God and Father your work, produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. And you know how we lived among you for your sake and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. And in spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Archaia. And the Lord's message rang out from you. Not only in Macedonia and Achaea. your faith in God has become known everywhere. And therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what Kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Oh, what great uh, verses, uh, full of exhortation and, and faith and encouragement. The prophetic picture. Um, Whenever I'm preparing for a message like this, I just want to. I want to hear God. I want to bring a word to the church with conviction, with deep conviction, because I believe God has spoken to us. And so, in the coming months, running up to uh, today, I would be praying, seeking, listening. God, what are you whispering to me? This year, God was very good to me. He um, spoke to us as a staff in one of our prayer meetings. We meet. On Tuesday mornings, nine o'clock, every week we pray together. In fact, what we do is we have a cup of tea, share news, connect together, worship and pray. And on this occasion, Annie Twart, who's on our team here, uh, brought a prophetic picture. And she brought a prophetic picture of uh, surfers. And so she had my attention. I love to see, and I think surfing's fantastic. I'm not very good at it. I've done a bit of bodyboarding, but that's about it. But you see these guys waiting out in the deep she said and they're waiting for a wave to come in and you see them literally like they're sitting on their surfboard and they're they're waiting for the wave to come in and as they they're waiting great waves are going past but they're looking out deep they're looking they're looking into the distance because they're waiting for a really big wave to come and uh, I felt God speak to me that there are great waves coming past. And there's some, actually some great waves that, are, that are, are coming even in this church year. But to lift up to the horizon and see that there is a, there's something else, there is a bigger wave, a bigger, even bigger uh, time of blessing, a bigger wave to catch. Um, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm not very good at waiting. I'm, I'm particularly poor at waiting. I don't like delay. My, my personality is activist. Let's make it happen. And so when God puts you in a season of, of delay or, or preparation, I find that difficult. I don't know, maybe you're here today and you're thinking there's something you want resolution on or you want something to move forward, but it's just dragging on. And uh, I, I wrote a blog posting about it in June this year in my weekly blogger, uh, and I was talking about the, the delay in some area of uh, my life and church life, um, and uh, was wondering what God has been teaching me. And I've lived, and I think we have lived, in the tension of a season where we clearly see the favour of God, but also uh, we, we feel like we're waiting for something else to kind of break out. And I think this is what God has been saying to us. And uh, I think that's what God is saying to us. And so what I would like to do is I, I would like this morning, and I'm going to kind of preach live in a while, but uh, what I'd like to do is uh, is just look at some of the waves that have come past, uh, some of the waves I definitely see coming, and then I'd like to land by just lifting our eyes maybe to the horizon about what God may do amongst us. Paul starts this, uh, a few uh, verses with, with these phrases. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continue to remember before God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We always thank God for all of you. I thank God for all of you. What an amazing church you are. What a privilege to serve and lead this community, to see the life of God uh, breaking out in individuals and also corporately. And I want to, I thank God for you. I I, I really do. I thank God for this church. I thank God for every sign of blessing, every sign of favour, every life changed, every person encouraged, every marriage restored. Uh, I think it's wonderful to see, and I pray for the church, and I pray for you. I hope you pray for us. I know many of you do. Uh, But then Paul goes on, and he he uses some fascinating phrases. He says, your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. I mean, sometimes you can get into some situations where you say, well, it's all about God, and uh, if we just prayed, then it will all happen. But God has always been a uh, the orchestrator, but he's always had people playing uh, in the band or, 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 on, or playing on the pitch or on the floor. There is activity, there is work for us to do. Here, he, Paul summarises it, your work, your labour and your endurance, prompted or motivated by faith, by love and by hope. What great characteristics. And uh, as we look at some of the things that uh, God has done amongst us, then uh, well done. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your labor. Thank you for your endurance. Thank you for your faith. Uh, Thank you for your love. Thank you for your hope. And so let's just quickly look at some of the waves that have come through that have just passed us by in this last year. I mean, there could be many I could share with you, but I've just got a selection. Uh, The first one would be in the area of our community life, our desire to uh, build a people here, not just a crowd. And probably two or three years ago, I would have stood up on a Sunday like this and I would have said, look, we've looked at the the health and balance and life of this church and we feel we've got a bit lopsided. Do you remember that if you were here back a few years ago? It's it's kind of like just kind of doing Sundays has kind of consumed us and, and now we want to recalibrate and we want to bring center stage alongside our Sunday gatherings is our group life, our community life. So, it's such a great joy to be able to report to you that these last two terms so, the summer term, the spring term we've had over a thousand people in our groups. The average attendance is over a thousand. In fact, the same number of uh, adults or over 12s coming uh, on Sunday as they are in groups. And uh, this is such an encouragement. What a great wave to see pass by. Another sign or another wave that has gone in is in the area of God's favour uh, in, in, the, in the generosity. and In fact, just the financial provision for this community. Remarkable year of financial blessing. The giving from the church exceeded both our revenue and multi-site budget. Uh, the revenue giving was over 100,000 more than the 1.2 million or so we were looking for. And the multi-site was 25,000 over the 400,000 that we were looking for. So remarkable um, giving. Such a, a key indicator, actually, of church health and discipleship. Just one, but a key one. Uh, and then, of course, other signs of God's favour and financial provision. The approach from the EFA, uh, the uh, a Government Agency for Education, uh, to uh, use the first floor of our Lee building is just a remarkable Thing it's just an amazing wave that has come in uh, that's crashed on the shores. So the fact they have given us guaranteed seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds income over the next couple of years, and they've just spent six hundred thousand pounds on the first floor. I've I've walked around it. The school's in there now. It's just amazing to see that. that in a sense, I mean that's game changing amount of money, friends. But there are other waves going on. In fact, we can see some of them just out to sea. But how about this one? I don't know if we've shared this one. Uh, Through last year, a wave came in where Phoenix Housing Association approached us and said, look, we, we wondered if we could buy the land at the back of the Downham building and put some houses on there. And so we've been in negotiations with them. We have just drawn up a first draft of head of terms, and I hope that with favour with planners that we'll be able to sell that land and use the lion's share of that money to um, redevelop some of the Downham building, particularly with a view for our kids' rooms there. Amazing season of favour. Another wave that's come in uh, and is the fruit of our labour and work and faith and love and hope and endurance is our involvement in our family of churches, New Frontiers. New uh, Frontiers. Something that is great for a church of our size to serve uh, beyond our locality. And as we start a church year, there's some... I I can see some other great waves coming, actually. Uh, So even uh, next Sunday, here's another wave. We we baptised more people last year than the year before. And we start this church year with a big baptism next Sunday. We've got somewhere between 15 to 20 people that are going to be testifying across the church to the, the saving work of Jesus, the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And we, we hope you'll be here. We hope we'll come together and have a big moment of celebration that God is, is, uh, is bringing people to faith. We think that's a really exciting wave that's going to come uh, through Uh, next week. As I look up to the church here, one of the things that I want to share with you today is that we're building for another wave coming, which will be the teaching series in the spring term. We have decided to return to the book of Acts. We felt that the teaching in Acts through this last year really has borne great fruit there's been a, a raised expectation for the presence and the power of God. We're hearing of more testimonies of people being healed. And we really want to fuel that and say, yes, more of that, Lord. I'll mention that more in a moment. But uh, we've decided to return to the book of Acts, and particularly through the, the theme of diversity. What happened in the book of Acts is gospel outbreak, people get saved, and then they try and build communities and then they start facing issues of cross-cultural challenge and issues around food. And, and we felt it would be great for us as a people to look through a seven-week teaching series about the issues, the challenges and the opportunities of diversity, some of the things we can celebrate, some of the pain and uh, legacy issues that that raises through the book of Acts. I think that series could be a massive highlight moment and really important moment in the life Of kings, Um, another wave I see coming is the arrival of Andrew Wilson as our teaching pastor. I'm so looking forward to the series we're beginning at the end of September called "If God, Then What," based out of one of Andrew's books. And Andrew is a gifted communicator. I feel it's going to be such a blessing to the church that. We're going to be well taught, we're going to be stretched, we're going to be challenged, we're going to be encouraged. And as a a part of introducing Andrew to the church, I uh, did a short um, video interview with him uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I would just like to uh, run that now so that you can uh, get to know him and his wife Rachel a little bit more as we look forward to him uh, joining our teaching team. Well, Andrew, um, it's exciting that you're joining us to be our teaching pastor, and um, obviously we're starting a new series. You'll be leading into that, based out of one of your books, in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, before we get to that, can I? Uh, this book, "The Life You Never Expected," I know you've written recently. Can you just tell me, you know, what motivated you to write this book? And I've read it; it's a really helpful book. Uh, really? So, yeah, Rachel
1: great, great and I wrote it together. It's um, it's effectively our Uh, A way of processing what's happened in our family life in the last few years. Uh So we discovered um, over the last five years that both of our children have regressive autism. So autism that makes them go backwards in development. And so for two or three years, we were in a very difficult situation with both of them. And this was really a book that we wrote soon after the worst of it had passed, really, while it was still very raw for us, to try and talk about how you spiritually cope and adapt and try and get to a point of being able to thrive together as a family when something really unexpected and horrible happens. And so we found that it's, it, I hope it's helpful for people with special needs kids, but mm-hmm. we found that a lot of people with different backgrounds have also found it helpful when something that they thought would happen in life hasn't worked out that way. Their kids, or their marital situation, or they finally found themselves divorced or bereaved or yeah. unexpected, those sorts of issues. And it's really then saying, how do we adapt our lives in prayer and in worship and in, daily routines and all many kinds of things how do you process your relationship with God and all that processing sadness really so that's what it's been about and um uh, yeah we found it so far we've heard it's been helpful to people who've found their lives in ways that they didn't expect mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's a fantastic book I uh, both Deb and I love uh, reading it's very it very kind of you no, we did generally thought it's going to want to recommend it to everyone uh worth picking up um Actually, since you and Rachel were up with us earlier in the year, you've had got a bit of news, haven't you? Because yeah, we
1: have another life we never expected. I suppose so. Yeah, our little baby Samuel was born. Um, so he's—I uh, guess at the time people see this—he would be four months. He was born in yeah. April twenty-second. Yeah, uh, I was just, and he's just absolutely amazing. And the kids have responded really well to him as well. So Fantastic. it's been really wonderful.
0: Well, wow, that's great news. And then, um, as I said, in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be starting a new series. We're using your book here, if God then what? Seven-week series, you'll be preaching the line share of it. It's a way of introducing you to the church, but also I think uh, uh, this book has a completely different agenda. Could you just, just introduce a series, really, and uh, yeah. uh, tell us? Yes, it's,
1: it's basically a book that's a, uh, attempting to ask a series of questions to provoke people to think about issues of faith and to think about Christianity as if you are not a Christian, but coming to the issue with a fairly open mind and asking quite big questions about where we came from and how we got here, and how you know how knowledge works, and how we know things, and whether miracles are possible, and then gradually moving through to some of the more Christian claims, like what happened at Easter, and what's wrong with the world, what's the solution, and so what. So it's a it's a really a series of nine questions which we're going to take uh, across the seven weeks, looking at questions which, in a way, I think we can ask of people In the world who might or might not believe Christianity's claims, and also they're helpful for Christians to think through when sh- sharing the gospel and thinking about why it makes sense and why it works.
0: Okay, well, that series starts in uh, two weeks, and uh, you don't want to miss the start. So, uh, Andrew, great to have you on the team, and uh, we look forward to this series uh, running up to Christmas. Are you with me uh, so far? So the the picture is what I feel God's saying to us is that we're in a period of waiting. We're like uh, surfers out in the deep, and we're letting great waves go past because um, we can see a big wave coming. And some of these waves going past are such an encouragement, but at the same time we're kind of we're waiting, we're pausing. Uh, just so you know, I'm, I'm not very good. I don't like being there. That, I, I, I'm an activist. I want to I move forward. I want to take ground. But I feel that's what God has been saying to me and I, I believe uh, to us. Um, but I'm still encouraged. There are other waves that uh, are, are passing uh, through. In fact, I have sensed a growing uh, faith ...and testimony of the power of God amongst us. Really, it's like surf was up. um, Really post the the Acts series. I think the Acts series stirred our our openness and expectation... ...to encounter God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul writes, uh, "...because our gospel came to you not simply with words... ...but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction." And what he's talking about here, of course, ultimately, is the the salvation of God. That you can know forgiveness of your sins. You can have relationship with God. You can, uh, this morning, in fact, you can, because of what Jesus has done, be forgiven of your sins and know God. This is the good news. And this good news, uh, the gospel, is very powerful. If you turn and put your trust in the risen Lord Jesus... In a moment, like most of us would testify, we know that God did a remarkable, transforming work in our life. Um, And this gospel comes with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. As it comes with power, it's like you are born again. That's the picture the New Testament uses. It's so transforming, it's like being born again and the Holy Spirit is in your life, so you can cry, Abba, Father. And it comes with deep conviction. Um, I had uh, three weeks uh, uh, holiday break at the beginning of July and then came back. I was here for two Sundays across the summer. I haven't been around on, across the summer. Historically, I've taken a longer study break. But I, I was here for two Sundays. I was so encouraged. I thought, it's August. The sense of God's presence, sense of worship... Um, and also I heard two testimonies of the power of God in healing. Uh, one testimony is of a, a, a lady, a woman who's a long-term uh, a member of King's who has been in hospital for, for a period of time, and then has just come home, and uh, she's known as the Miracle Lady. That's how the story is explained to me. She's known as the Miracle Lady. Because no one thought she would leave the hospital. She's the miracle lady. That's what she's known on the ward. There was another guy, an excellent uh, gentleman over here. I spoke to him this morning again, who grabbed me. Okay? If you want to listen to a powerful testimony, just wave, sir, if you don't mind. Listen to this man's testimony, okay? He grabbed me. He wouldn't let me go on a Sunday. Is one of those, you know, a pastor's dream. Yeah? I've got to tell you, I've got to testify. Uh, had had an injury through a work incident that had involved being paralyzed and had tests and things like that. We prayed and he met with a doctor and the doctor said this. He said, you need to go home, gather your family and thank God for, you know, your health now. And uh, just just, just two testimonies. I would love, I don't know about you, I, I feel that I'd like to see a bigger wave. Uh, And I want to encourage us to seek God for more of his power, more of his presence, that we would never settle for what we see, but we would be hungry for more of God. In fact, what I want to do is I want to invite you to come and pray with me at the beginning of this new church year on the Wednesday, the 28th of September, to pray for the power of God to come upon us. Will you come and join me? on that evening? Now, when I say that, you're all going, yeah, 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 and then somebody think, no, I'm not really going to do that. You know, it, it, it's a bit like when you go surfing or you have to go swimming, there's inertia. You think, oh, can I be bothered? I've got to drive to the swimming bar, then I've got to get changed again. It's going to be cold, a little bit cold, and then I'll be all right when I get in, and then I've got to get out and do my hair and all that. Or if you go surfing, you think, oh, it's going to be cold. I put, oh, I've got to put on my wetsuit on. And there's just inertia. But once you get there, you think, oh, I'm glad I did it. That is my experience, even as the senior pastor of this church, that sometimes when it comes to prayer, I think, oh, there's inertia. Why is there inertia? I mean, the enemy does not want you praying here on that Wednesday evening. He wants you distracted with a whole range of other things. Okay, so there's inertia. There's inertia. And then you've got to press through that inertia. And when you're here, actually, it's great to be God's people. And it's great to experience and pray for the power of God. So why don't we start this church here with just a massive turnout? Why don't you all come? Yeah? And we just call out to God together. That's the type of wave I'd like to see. I trust you're putting in your diary as I speak. Another thing that you do across the summer, I do anyway, is I, I kind of, I, I stand back and I review. And I kind of think, God, what are you doing amongst us? This year, he, I felt God take me back to 2003. Don't know why it was then, that's why we went back. And I remember a moment in the journey of kings where we had a dream for a thousand to be a thousand, but it was a long way away. It was so far away, it was like nearly unbelievable. Just a bit like our dream for five thousand, just seems like I mean it seems a long, long away. It's unbelievable. Okay? And we felt to kind of draw some midterm challenges, goals, a five-year dream. And this is what we did. We said in 2003, 13 years ago, we said, well, what we'd like to do is set up a supporting housing unit for at least 12 to 14 disadvantaged and homeless people and facilitate employment opportunities. That's what we did. We thought, oh, we'll go for that. That's a big goal. And we thought, well, we want to grow. So we were about 300 of us. So we said, we want to grow to an average of 500 people on a Sunday. And we said, well, why don't we start a new church and so we planted a church, which Owen Hilton used to be one of our pastors. He's going to be preaching here next uh, in the spring um, uh, in South, South Central. And, and why don't we all about this, goal? We want 100% of our members in groups in community life because groups have, has always been uh, a high value, or community life, actually. Community life is the value. The group is a way of facilitating it. We were then 300 people. We were one church, one site, one meeting and we were crazy enough then to go, let's believe for these these four things. And I have been starting to wonder that there's a bigger wave coming. And it's somewhere that we're going to come to you through this year with a, a five-year dream. I'm not totally sure when we're going to bring it in, if I can say, into the public realm. And it'll either be in January or February or it'll be this time next year. I'm not, I just don't know. And I don't like not knowing I don't like waiting. I want to catch the wave. I want, to, I, want to, I want to surf. I want to go with that sort of exhilaration. So I've got a question for you. Are you ready to catch another wave? Are you ready? Um, probably the biggest wave we've caught in the last five or six years is, was literally the move to multi-site and buying the Lee building and that was just a huge wave. I mean, we nearly did get wiped out by that wave, but we just said, come on, let's go for it. I'm now beginning, I'm, 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 I've been surfing it, but I'm starting to feel like oh, that wave's just, I can see the end of that wave. And so I'm looking out, I'm thinking, I'm going to get back out there. There's another wave coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? I know a few things about this wave. Um, Paul says, The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. I know this. I don't believe we're called to be a church that's known everywhere. Okay? Let's just root it in some reality here. There are churches like that, like Willow Creek or Saddleback or HTB. Uh, Let's... Let's be grateful for everything we're seeing, but let's not kind of big ourselves up too much, basically. Um, But this church in Thessalonica, they did have a massive influential reach. You are known in Macedonia and Achaia. These are big places. You just put the map up. I mean, this is a big geographical area. This is Greece and a part of Turkey now, and you've got Corinth there. You've got Philippi. uh, You've got Athens here. These are massive sort of global cities of Of the era and I do feel that I'm I'm daring to believe that there is expansion coming again locally yeah but also uh, nationally and possibly into other nations I don't know if you've ever been surfing but there comes a moment where you have to make a kind of decision to go Uh, what do you have to do well the first thing you have to do is you need to choose the right wave yeah And God, choose the right wave. And then there's something about timing. If you've ever surfed, you can go too soon, and then you miss the wave. Or you can go too late, and you get completely wiped out. And so there's a moment to sort of discern to go. And when you go, you don't know as you go what's going to happen. There's some research done on pastors. I'll tell you this: this this could be very encouraging or not. There's some research done on pastors and leading churches, and the research goes like this: that churches that grow are led by pastors in their 30s and 40s. Yeah, this is not good news to a pastor of 53. Okay, yeah, okay. And then in their 50s, it seems to kind of get stuck, and then in their 60s, it grows again. What's all that about, I thought, when I read? Okay, And what the article went on to say is that in your 30s and 40s, you're kind of starting out in leading a church. That would have been my testimony. I was 32 when I started leading this church. And you're making mistakes, and you start to get a little bit of momentum. Normally it normally takes seven years, they say, before a church starts to grow with a new pastor. That's the analysis. And you start to grow, which wouldn't be far off what, what happened to us. And then what happens in your 50s, you become risk-averse. Yeah? Now, I'm not known for being risk-averse, but anyway. You, and our danger is, as a, as a community, we, what you do is you grow up, and you mature, and your, your age also gradually drifts as well, in line with the age of the senior pastor. That's all the analysis. And so we are in a dangerous place, folks. We have seen enough success that we might not be willing to risk it all again. Yeah? And I don't want that. And then what happens, so, that, so I'm sort of speaking to myself as much as anyone else here, is I don't want to sort of go cautious. Okay? And then what happens, as I say, in the 60s, they get to about 61, 62, and they think, oh, my gosh, I've only got about four, five, six more years of this. Come on, let's go for everything. And, and, and the, the analysis shows that then their churches have this sort of last surge because you risk something for God. I want to ask you, if another something the equivalent of what we did in going multi-site and buying, a, and we're still in it, friends, you know, in a multi-million capital campaign which was six years in, seven years in, if another big wave come, are we going to get on our board and are we going to go? That's what I'm asking you. In fact, this message should come with a health warning. Okay, because I wouldn't be saying this if I didn't see the wave. I can see it. And I just don't know when it's going to crash upon us. But um, if you follow my leadership for any length of time, you probably know that I'm getting ready. Yeah? That we would go again. Are you ready to catch another wave? Well, I thought I'd just land this with a... A visual illustration of just the type of wave I'd like us to catch.